Psalm 109, we read the first five verses and then we move on to 21 through to the end of the the psalm. Um, Page 612 in the Church Bibles or 891 if you have the large print. For the director of music of David, a psalm. My God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me. But I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. But you, Sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. Let them know that it is your hand that you, thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, have done it. While they curse, may you bless. May those who attack me be put to shame. But may your servant rejoice. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in shame as in a cloak. With my mouth I will greatly extol the Lord. In the great throng of worshippers I will praise him. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who would condemn them. This is what the word of the Lord. Let's, let's pray as we come to God's word. Father God, we do praise you in the great throng of worshippers. And we do also recognize that you stand at the right hand of the needy. We are needy. And we come to you now in our need. We want to, to understand your word. We want to know more of your grace. Help us to see how you've already worked in our lives. See how you are continuing to work in our lives. Lord, bless us this evening, we pray, as you speak to us clearly by your spirit. In, this, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I wonder how many um, films you can think of where the plot is basically about an injustice and uh, how the victim of uh, the injustice or someone related to that victim responds to that injustice. In probably nine out of ten cases, uh, the response is to seek vengeance. Uh, For some reason, it's often an ex-CIA agent who takes things into their own hands, like Liam Neeson in in Taken, if you've seen any of those films. His daughter is kidnapped in Paris, and uh, he proceeds to wipe out the whole of the Paris underworld single-handedly. Or sometimes somebody's framed for something they didn't do, and they spend the rest of the film trying to find out who it was and uh, get their revenge on them. At some stage or another, we will all experience injustice. We will experience opposition in different ways. 
Um, maybe we're falsely accused of something we didn't do. Maybe we, we said or did something which is misinterpreted by, by someone. And before we know it, uh, our name is, is mud. Maybe somebody just took a dislike to us, um, possibly because of our Christian faith, for no reason at all, and tried to make life hard for us. Well, that opposition can make us uh, suffer mentally, emotionally, uh, even physically. Uh, many of you may recall the, the, the struggles we had during the time of the application of the building project here uh, here at the church. And um, there was one occasion where a letter was written uh, making personal accusations against a member of the parish council. Uh, it was posted to various people in the high street. And uh, whoever it was that wrote the letter signed it off from the elders of this church. Um, basically making us look bad. How do you respond to such malicious defamation of, uh, of character? Well, whatever our situation might be, I hope this psalm might help us as we spend a few minutes on it. Because the psalmist here is really going through it, isn't he? Have a look at verse 2. He says, People are wicked and deceitful. They've opened their mouths against me. They've spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return for my friendship, they accuse me, but I'm a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. This is someone who feels he's done the right thing. He's tried to offer friendship, he's tried to do good, and it's met with hatred and evil. So what does he do? Well, he calls out to God. He says, look, at the beginning of this psalm, my God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. As we've looked before in our series on suffering, one of the, uh, the hardest things when we're going through tough times is the feeling that God is not doing anything about our situation, that he somehow left us to suffer in silence. And so the psalmist calls out, do not remain silent. And in the process of explaining what he's going through, he's still able to say, but I'm a man of prayer. Despite all this that is going on, I still know deep down that you are there. I still know that you are listening. So please act. But on what basis does he call on God to act? Well, we haven't got time this evening to go into the big chunk in the middle, which uh, we skipped over when Chris read it from verse 6 to, to verse 19. The, uh, the NIV translates those verses as though this is what the psalmist wishes on his enemies. Other commentators say, actually, he's reporting what the enemies are saying about him, and hence the change to the singular. But either way, the, the key verse is verse 21. But you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. He knows he needs the Lord's help, and so he calls on him to act. But what are the motivations he gives God to act? Well, the first one is for your name's sake, for the sake of God's name. Everything we do ultimately is for the sake of God's name, isn't it? We often end our prayers with the words, for your name's sake. But what do we mean by that? Well, it means that um, we want people to see God as he is. We want to give him the honor that is due to him. 
And that means we want God to demonstrate who he is. We want him to show people his character so that they will praise him for that. In this case, the psalmist wants people to see God exercise his justice. He is a a just God, and he wants him to show that. And so he asks God to to turn the situation around. And so uh, have a look at verse 28. He says, while they curse, may you bless. May those who attack me be put to shame. But may your servant rejoice. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in shame as in a cloak. At the moment, they're mocking me, but they're also mocking you, God. And that grieves me. Yes, I'm concerned about my situation, but but I'm more concerned for the honor of your name. Put them to shame, and then I can rejoice. I wonder how much we pray for the honor of God's name. Or sometimes are we so caught up in the injustice of our situation um, that we just focus on ourselves and our pain? We can call on God to act for the sake of his name. Secondly, we can call on him to demonstrate his grace. We know we don't deserve God's love. And yet in the same way he chose Israel, not because of anything good in them, he chose us not because of anything good in us. He made a covenant with us that he would be our God. And that means he promises to be faithful to us at all times. So we can call out on him to demonstrate that love. Uh, hence the psalmist cries out here in verse 21, out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. And in verse 26, help me, Lord, my God, save me according to your unfailing love. You are a God of love. You care about what I'm going through. So please show that love by doing something about my situation. And even even here also, the psalmist is concerned about God's name. He says, save me according to your unfailing love. Let them know that it is your hand that you, Lord, have done it. I want to be saved, but I don't just want them to think I've saved myself somehow. I want them to see that you are in control. You are the sovereign Lord. You are a God of grace. We call on God to act to demonstrate his grace. And thirdly, we call on God to act because we are poor and needy. Look at verse 22. For I am poor and needy. My heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I'm shaken off like a locust. My knees give way from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. I don't think this is, um, woe is me. It's not someone feeling sorry for themselves. It's a serious acknowledgement of just how desperate their situation is. And it's acknowledgement of just how much the psalmist needs God's help. I wonder if these words bring to mind another passage from the Bible. If you've got your Bibles handy, let's just turn briefly to to Isaiah 53. And have a look at um, verse 7. He was oppressed 
and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. The passage points to Jesus, who suffered the greatest injustice. He was betrayed, he was deserted by his friends, he was falsely accused, he was wrongly punished, he was wrongly put to death. But he didn't open his mouth. Even though he could have stopped it at any time, he allowed this injustice to carry on. Why? To take the punishment for his people. And in calling out for an end to our unjust, unjust situation that we may experience, we must never forget that we too are guilty. We too have dishonored God's name in our everyday behavior as we seek to glorify ourselves rather than God. And we deserve his punishment for that. We're not just poor and needy because of the opposition that we are facing. We're poor and needy because we're in need of God's grace. And the only reason he listens to our call for help, because Jesus, in his mercy, has dealt with our guilt. And he intercedes for us with his Father. The reason we can call out is because Jesus didn't call out. Whatever opposition and injustice we face, Jesus has already faced it. And the interesting thing is that as we face opposition in our lives, as painful as that may be, what it does is bring us closer to Jesus. Paul expressed that in his letter to the Philippians when he wrote, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is saying, I want to know Christ, and the way I know him better is to share in his sufferings. As we said in the recent series on suffering, we can know Christ in our heads, we can know him intellectually, but in suffering, we will have a stronger connection. And that is why suffering, that is why facing opposition becomes a privilege in many ways. It helps us to become like Christ. And if we haven't suffered at all in our lives, there's something lacking in our faith, in our relationship. Yes, we're loved by Christ. Yes, we're right with God. But there's an immaturity in our faith. Suffering helps us to grow to maturity as it unites us to Christ. We're going to take the the Lord's Supper now. And part of the purpose of, of taking this bread and this wine that symbolize the broken body, the poured out blood, is that we identify with Christ in his suffering. But of course, it's not meant to be sad and depressing um, because we know that if we've been reunited with Christ in his death, we would also certainly be united with him in his resurrection. And so the psalm ends, while they curse, may you bless. May those who attack me be put to shame, but may your servant rejoice. 
Whatever they do to me, whatever opposition and injustice I experience, may I rejoice in your blessing. May I rejoice in knowing you. While they curse, may you bless. Let's have a moment of quiet as we come before the table. Um, Let's acknowledge that we are poor and needy. And let's confess our individual sins to, to the Lord.